Welcome to Under the Water Tower. We are so glad that you're here with us today. I have the pleasure of being in the same room with many wires and books and spiral-bound notebooks and more than one coffee mug. With two. who? Who's with me? Daryl? Joni Wallach. You're not Joni Wallach. Well, she's you with you. So you can't I'm... fool me. <laughs> Daryl Fishbeck. Misty. <laughs> Hang on, what's Misty. my name? You are Joni. Joni Wallach. <laughs> and I'm Jamie. The Misty really tripped me up because I was waiting for the Misty Graham. Misty. Queen of snacks. I'm switching it up too, so I'm she's just the, right. She's yeah. the queen of snacks. Yeah. If she's the queen of snacks, what are you the queen of? I'm the queen of this brand new digital notebook that I can take pictures of and it, it like files it on my computer. It makes me really happy. The rocket. It's pretty sweet. The rocket. It's yeah. pretty awesome. Really? Yeah. Is this a commercial? Do we have a sponsor? <laughs> Maybe. I would love a sponsor. <laughs> that would be awesome. And it has pins and I love pins. She does. Like colored pins, all the So if you subscribe digital. to our podcast, check out <laughs> patreon.com where you can donate $1 a month or $5 a month. Do we have that? Joni's pins. We, we might need to now that I've said that, but <laughs> we really don't have that. No, no. we don't. That's just what I hear on the other podcasts. We're free. That are begging for money. Well, we're <laughs> not free. We are uh, a ministry of Fellowship Baptist Church, and they take care of us, so we don't need to be begging um, the it's issue not that supporting our livelihood. Yeah, yeah, we do this because we, we are you. inflicting this upon the world wide web, uh, free of charge, or free. <laughs> <laughs> I said free, and I got in trouble. <laughs> now, if you would like to subscribe to make a stop, now that we might could discuss that. So, <laughs> no, you, Kelly, no, uh, Greg. Hush, money does. We're actually hey Joe. Joe, yeah, Joe. 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 Hi, Joe. Joe, g- Joe gives me the uh, on Facebook the rundown on when crazy stuff happens. You know, mm-hmm. thirty three seconds in last week was Nanu Nanu. You know, uh, so he gave mm-hmm. me that. Um, Hi, so Joe. because Joe listens, we are uh, nationwide. Yeah, we are. yeah. So that's pretty awesome. Get Chelsea to listen maybe once, and then we can say we're international. International. Once she leaves, there you go. Chelsea's more likely to listen. Uh, my wife, I asked her about listening, and she's just like, I don't do that. <laughs> I don't have she time. She did. In her defense, I think she did listen to at least one. She listened as long as she, she could, could, which <laughs> is closer to about 15 minutes. And then she's like, I'm just not a podcast person. I don't know if I could listen to us either. So. <laughs> and then she goes back to listening to uh, you know, Phil Collins or whatever. <laughs> so we, <laughs> our <laughs> subject matter <laughs> today is... Um, We've gone from uh, touchy-feely last week to hard doctrine. Uh, Joni picked it. Uh, this was her pick. He's making us do this. Uh, <laughs> I'm not. Joni no, picked it. I said Joni's it. making oh. us do it. Joni picked this one. So my the, the document that I'm reading from that I have for my study is called Joni, Joni's Sin Podcast. She wanted us to talk about mm-hmm. sin. And that's pretty much all she gave us was sin. So what do you have on your mind? So, uh, is, did, is this the thing that you did in 1994? Uh, no, no. That was when I was still in high school, so no. Did you sin in high school? No, I was, no. Yeah, all the time, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Liar. I don't think mom's listening, so we're good. We can fix that. No, we're good. So, uh, uh, what did you, what were you, what, where were you wanting to head this? To, uh, Fishbeck brought up earlier around the copy machine when we were both wrestling with it. Uh, considering our sinning, considering <laughs> sinning, because our copy machine—bad words, bad words—is bad is words. terrible. Um, 
but it's still better than the other one. Oh gosh, yes. it's awful, but it's better than the other one when it works. Mm-hmm. And uh, Fishbeck mentioned sin could be verb or noun. Were you verbing that or nouning that? I think I'm everything. Like I just think we talk about sin all the time, but then we don't really talk about sin. We kind of talk around it. We don't talk about like what really defines sin. What really defines like like putting a label on it. Okay. Uh, okay. So what defines sin for y'all? Well, we'll start there. Well, this was your idea. So <laughs> where where were you when when you were thinking uh, uh, through topics? Um, and thin, 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 when thin with one thin. of them, <laughs> marriage. <laughs> I don't know what word I was even going for. The, the antihistamines are kicking in. Um, Daryl's loopy. Sin, when you thought of that word, what, what, what did you think? So I wasn't really thinking sin 1994, but I was just thinking like, we don't talk about sin very much. We talk about like, you shouldn't do it, but. Like, what does that mean? We don't really define it or talk about it. So I, um, not to be legalistic, but, you know, I think it needs to be talked about. I think, or you go the other extreme. You go to, you hear people talk about it in very specific terms Mm -hmm. that seems to suit the argument they're trying to make. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Does it mean different things to different people is one of the things that Joni had written down here, which was very interesting. I had to think about that for for a minute. Uh, versus the saved and unsaved I think that it does mean different things for different people because you know as Christ followers we have the book of instructions here that tell us um, you know clearly what God expects from us but then you have the the uncrossed followers that I think it's more of a you know personal thing for them opposed to um, we're we're submitting ourselves and, and they have they don't know they don't know what that is to submit to something bigger than they are right I think if for me if we were thinking like if I'm thinking 1994 Joni which is what Jamie brought up like as a as a youth I was told like don't sin and that means don't look at someone and don't drink and don't dance and don't you know Mm -hmm. have sex and don't do these and there's all these don'ts but it wasn't there wasn't really the heart behind it Mm -hmm. well and a lot of times what (coughs) my point I was making a minute ago was you got that list from the adults but then as a teenager, maybe you read the Bible and you read about gluttony or forgiveness or whatever, and you mm-hmm. kind of tried to turn it on them and say, well, and there was often a justification. No, no, this is just about you teenagers doing what I want you mm-hmm. to do and not let's don't let's don't worry about. And sin then becomes this kind of convenient thing that we can use to get other people to do what we think they mm-hmm. should be doing. But we kind of give ourselves a little bit of off the hook when it comes to certain things that maybe we're struggling with and what's the world's view and what's what's a Christ followers view I guess that's what I was trying to say a while ago is there's two different views according to you know where you're at in your life I'm fascinated by your bifurcation of the human experience the um, so the Christ followers I sin and and I'm called um, into account for that sin because mm-hmm. of the Holy Spirit inside of me I think we all would agree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but a non-Christ follower, we would say that person is already in sin mm-hmm. because they are not born in sin, born again, mm-hmm. and they have not been forgiven. So, therefore, is it even a worthwhile effort to ask a non-Christ follower to do better, mm-hmm. to not sin, 
right. um, because they're not capable yeah, of moving don't beyond that. Yeah. And that's an age-old question, you know, in terms of society. You think about um, if you made it, if you, if you had the power, if I had the power tomorrow, I probably would say, um, you know, certain things would be illegal based upon my Christian perspective. Right. But is, is it even feasible to say that to people who aren't Christian? Can you sin in that regard in a deeper way? And I don't have an answer for it, but it is a fun, um, well, fun's not the right word. It could be fun if you're mm-hmm. thinking about it while going down a slide. Um, the, the idea of um, if you are not following the Lord, is sin even an issue for you? Mm-hmm. Well, and the way I've kind of, what's helped me um, separate it from being like this list of rules that you do and you don't do it goes back to the whole, if you're talking about a relationship or if you're talking about some state of being, like I'm, I'm in God's grace because I jumped through the right hoop, is that, I've heard it put it this way, um, you can obey a, a rule, a, an instruction or whatever, without trust. So you can obey something your parents say without trust. I'm, I'm doing it on the outside, but on the inside I'm rebelling. But when you trust someone, then obedience becomes more of a byproduct of the relationship. And so if sin is about you got to be good enough or jump through the right hoops to get God's favor, um, then you can kind of you. That's where religion and uh, cults and things like that, where you're, you're doing this performance, but you're so disconnected from God as opposed to if I really trust God and have a relationship with it, with him then my obedience and my ability to not sin, I guess you could say, flows out of that as opposed I'm not trying to be good to get something. I know God and I can trust what he's doing inside of me to transform me into walking in the light, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the, the I referenced this book last week, The Cure, not the band, <laughs> but the book. Um, one of the my favorite quotes in there, is um, so close to me. <laughs> Actually, two quotes. This is one of them. It says, what if repentance wasn't a promise from you to God, but a gift from God to you? And so it had to a do... A little louder for the people in the back. What <laughs> if repentance wasn't a promise from you to God, but a gift from God to you? Say that again real slow. <laughs> and Read the, that again. <laughs> the point I think they're making there is um, repentance doesn't have to do with me bucking up and finally... Getting good enough to deal with myself. You scared me there for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> it was a B, a very distinct B. Um, but it has to do with coming to the end of myself and saying, you know what, I can't do anything about my sin. And that humility, that's when God says, okay, I would love to work with you. Um, but so much of what we talk about in the church world today is about, I think, ego-driven being good enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and so here's the things you do, here's the things you don't do, and it's all about you as the individual trying to accomplish that as opposed to walking in the spirit, maybe, so mm-hmm. to speak. I'm going to stop. I've been t- rambling well, too long. <laughs> on that, on that jaunt, let's talk, let's bring some scripture into this. Um, Why would we want to go and do that? <laughs> <laughs> one of my, I won't say it's my favorite, one of my favorite passages, but it's one that I have dwelt on way too long. 
And it's Romans 14, 23. It's at the end of the chapter there as Paul's been talking about judging and, and what it means to be in relationship with each other and how we, we take care of each other and don't cause others to stumble. Lots of really mm-hmm. big, I've heard lots of sermons on that, but not on this passage, not on the last verse. Uh, 14.23 says specifically, but whoever has doubts is condemned if he eats because the eating is not from faith. And here's the last sentence. Whatever does not proceed from faith Hmm. is sin. Hmm. And that is where Daryl is at uh, to some extent. It's a theological or biblical um, text that highlights that idea. My relationship with Christ is demarcated by faith. And so my behavior flows out of my faith and relationship with Him. Now, this drives Baptists crazy, this passage. That's why you'll probably never hear a sermon on this passage, because this is the definition of moral relativism. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because what's what's sin for Mm -hmm. me may not be what's sin for you if you Mm -hmm. can do it in a faithful Mm -hmm. perspective. Is that the question that came up at camp? That was the question that came up at camp. That was the question on the four-hour car ride home from camp. But then that falls under conviction as well. Um, What sin is for you, you know, what do you uh, consider sin? What do I consider sin? Um, According to God's word, it's anything that separates us from him. Right. But what Paul, I think, is saying, Misty, is that what may separate me from God right. because of my doubting and lack right. of faith might not have the same effect but on you. But isn't that conviction? Your convictions aren't going to be my convictions. But convictions can be wrong, and convictions aren't always faith. I mean, uh, I'm cl- talking Holy Spirit convictions is what I'm talking about. I I feel you on that. One of the, th- the the best example I have of my own personal life, without getting too deep, is the issue of Sabbath. Mm-hmm. I take Sabbath seriously. And one of those aspects is it's wrong for me to exercise on Sabbath. Mm-hmm. I just no cut. Not, not going to go for a run. Not going to do any. Not going to do push-ups. <laughs> uh, just not going to do anything that smacks of that. Now I'll mow the grass. That's different. But I know that for me, it would feel the whole time I was doing it as if I were violating something I knew. So that would be a. a it, it's a. Uh, a conviction to me right? in that regard. So if, if that's what you right. mean by conviction, I'm okay with that. But see, yeah, that's the about. problem is, is when I let my convictions right. judge you. Yes. So for me to exercise on Sunday is a right. sin. But yeah. you, however, can do all the push-ups you want right. on Sabbath, and it's not a sin for you. Right. And that moral relativism makes our heads pop off because we can't handle that. Right. That's the messy Holy Spirit right. relationship. We want to control. Re- yeah. uh, the, the goal of the Christian faith is not um, a checklist. It is a relationship that's right. built over time, and that's hard to do, and it's it's going to be different for each of us, sure. and we don't like that. We right. like conformity. Right. Well, And I think there's a balance because <laughs> it's um, there are some practical things like murder <laughs> do not murder you might say that's a con- are you sure you, about that you might <laughs> say that's a conviction for you 
Um, and I might say, well, it's not really a conviction for me, but it's one of those type things. But it's still a sin. But it depends on it's, how it's you It's one consider. of those things That's what I'm getting at. probably it's, it's so still sin. You should realize um, conviction is not necessarily the issue on this one. That's a, a bigger... Um, but, but it is because when is it murder and when is it not murder? I mean, when is it self-defense and when it is, is warfare well, okay? I mean, there's true. a thousand different... It's nuances. What about capital punishment? Yeah. That's by definition, you're killing someone. Yeah. Um, these are all aspects on that that right. you could spend a lot of time on. So conviction still comes into play with it. So I, I personally am against capital punishment. Oh, I am too. Um, but I know lots of Christ followers, lots of, in fact, I would say the majority of people in our church, I know the majority of people in our town, because I, I read their bumper stickers, um, <laughs> are very much in favor of capital punishment. Does that mean that they're sinning? And I think the answer is no. no. Yeah. We have a difference of opinion, but by my conviction, by my view of the Scripture, it, um, it, it, it's one way, mm-hmm. and, the, mm-hmm. and we don't like that. We want conformity. Right. Well, and don't you think that it, submission, I mean, and that's the whole gist of it, is when you don't want to submit to God, and, um, and I don't want to say invite those convictions, because, you know, convictions come at us differently at different times according to what we're going through, what we're doing, um, those red flags, those warning flags, but... I think the whole, the, I can't think of a different word. I think the whole thing of it wraps around submitting to something bigger than you and agreeing and saying, you know, you have these convictions. Okay, Lord, you don't want me to do that, then, then I won't. Well, you know, it's like, I, I think, think it's like surrendering might be a good word too. It's like marriage. Yes. Uh, yes. Every marriage is going to be different, but there are probably some practical things that are applicable to all marriages. Mm-hmm. But yet, at the same time, each person in those marriages has to surrender to the relationship with each right. other and the convictions of mm-hmm. what makes that relationship work. Right, yeah. I think, though, if we try to make a list of all of the sins, like, right. okay, let's go ahead and make a list. Okay, don't do this, don't do that. That's what the the youth were like. Can I say this word and mm-hmm. not this word? Depends on the context. Or can I say <laughs> this and not this? And what makes this a bad word? And that's how the conversation started with the youth. But we finally came down to... Sin is when you fail to love God and you fail to love people. So if that word offends somebody, then that's failing to love people. Um, And that's just kind of where we um, came down to it. But um, to me, it's not just about doing, like, the the bad things, but then how, like, it's the heart. It's how we spin those things to make them, like, to justify them. Mm -hmm. Like, and it's... It's more about where your heart is mm-hmm. for that. Well, and we're all, like we said a while ago, we're all born into sin. We, we've got a sinful nature, you know, before Christ saves us. Um, and God gives us that free will to choose to follow him, not to follow him, even as Christ followers. I mean, we all struggle with sin and doing the right thing, you know. And a question I've gotten a lot from the youth is, well, if Jesus just forgives us for our sins, then why don't we just keep on sinning? Like, why don't we just keep on doing it? Because he's like, his forgiveness is forever. So why don't we just keep on doing it? Paul was way ahead of the youth group mm-hmm. on that one. Oh yeah. <laughs> Should if, if if this is if grace right, is good, good. Yeah. right? And we sin, and God forgives us through Christ, and that's grace. Then how about more mm-hmm. sin for more grace? That's right. very uh, like, that's Aristotelian logic right yeah. there. Yeah, but we, we mm-hmm, yeah. 
But see, I think that <laughs> but it, it separates it us. Play, from God. I think then it plays itself out because I don't. I think sin is its own punishment. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that God has to go around inflicting punishment on people to get their attention because if sin is acting apart from God, then it's going to bring its own consequences. Sure. And so the the yes, there's grace, but I may do so much damage to myself. It's just like the prodigal son. He was going to run off and do his own thing, and the father led him, and he kind of came to the end of himself. I think that sometimes that argument doesn't hold water because most people that say that or use it don't they don't really understand what grace is because right. once you experience grace like the prodigal once you come yes. to the end of yourself you don't have this burning desire to well god's going to forgive me so i'm just going to keep on mm-hmm. sinning because i think you have a, a, a better context a mental uh, grasp of of the damage and destructiveness of, of sin well that's the magnitude of sin mm-hmm. i mean uh, there, there's a huge uh, chapters written on the magnitude of sin to the personal right in our own lives you mentioned it's its own punishment mm-hmm. i mean when we sin and i think even even i think even non-christians have some level of this yeah the, i feel like the, everybody's born with that moral compass sh- we'll talk about that in a minute <laughs> shame oh, maybe not <laughs> <laughs> uh guilt depression denial narcissism mm-hmm. all of these are things that um keep psychologists in work yeah but they're all the result in some level of shape or another of our own sinfulness. Uh, now, that doesn't mean if you're depressed, that means, please understand, if you, clinical depression is different. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's biochemical. Mm-hmm. There's lots of things going on. But there is a form of depression that settles over us mm-hmm. when we know that we're doing the wrong kinds right. of things. I'm talking about that. I just want to be careful that I'm not making right. someone who's, who has um, serious ongoing issues. But you understand where I'm at here. It has these kind of um, personal level. Then there's the the destructiveness on other people, right? Mm -hmm. Oppression, Mm -hmm. victims of violence, recipients of gossip, uh, those who've been sexually abused or misused. Mm -hmm. Uh, We focus so much on sexual abuse, we forget about the misuse. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then there's the social dimensions of it, right? Greed leads to poverty. Economic injustice, which, you know, economic injustice leads to rioting. Rioting mm-hmm. leads to um, <laughs> burning down buildings. Burning down buildings leads to violence, mm-hmm. which is death, and destruction of property, which leads to resentment and anger. And the next thing you know, you've got 2020 all over mm-hmm. again. Would you say that's more of a communal sin, or would you say social. that's more Social. Sin. So- social. Yeah, and it's like racism is the same way. And then mm-hmm. my big one is competition. Mm-hmm. I am... On a um, rampage is too strong a word. <laughs> Soapbox. Soapbox. That's a good one. That competition is evil. Mm-hmm. There's nothing in Scripture that says, "Go ye therefore and compete." Well, it's that's one of the scriptures that I was going to read. Um, Genesis four, talking about Cain and Abel, uh-huh. and uh, preach it. Why are you angry? Uh, the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry and why has your face fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is for you, but you must rule over it. So this is the first mention of sin in the Bible. And that's ex- and it's so applicable today talking about its desire is for you. And when we teeter on the edge of those things that we know better, we hear that conviction, and yet we still do it anyway. 
you're just opening up, you know, for the enemy to come in. So well, it's started mm-hmm. talking about competing and the competition. Cain and, and Abel. Abel. Right. Who's the better worshiper? Mm-hmm. Now just think about that. Who's the better mm-hmm. worshiper? And, you, and yeah. you start making a list of do's and don'ts. Yeah. And I'm checking them all off. And those people aren't. Mm-hmm. We get that pharisaical attitude. I'm better than everybody else. And you have all these blind spots. But yep. the competitiveness of it. Um, and then you ask, well, where's God in that equation? What's, yeah. I mean, that's, you're just on your own trying to be a, just this mm-hmm. perfect person living according to your own set of, of beliefs, beliefs yeah. as opposed to the freedom that you're talking about with Paul and a community that is looking around, realizing we're all equal as far as struggling. Mm-hmm. You may just hide your sins better. Right. And if we were, like Joni was saying, loving, looking to love and encourage one another in that journey and that struggle, the freedom actually produces the safety to grow, I right. think, and to, to be a community and move forward as opposed to the competitive side exactly. of things, which you either lie mm-hmm. um, or you become really, really arrogant or both. Well, and it's that desire. You, you know, Jesus gives us that desire to want um, to please him. And in doing that is when we are submissive to him. And just like we talked about last week, getting our emotions into check. And when those things, the comparison starts to creep in, you have to stop and say, you know, ask the Lord to help you because I don't want to go there, you know. And I think so much of it has to do with, um, like, sometimes we think we can do things to gain God's favor. But, like, sin doesn't change God's mind about you. Like, God already has forgiven you. Like, a Christ follower, God has already forgiven you. But it changes our attitude about God. Right. And so. God doesn't make us sin, you know. And the devil doesn't make, the enemy doesn't make us sin. But that's oh. quite choose, a picture when sin is that. crouching out the door. Mm-hmm. Like, if you think of that as a mental, mm-hmm. you know, that mental picture of, yeah. you know, Devour. when your attitude yeah. changes, when you're, when your focus mm-hmm. and your you let yourself get distracted or you... Sure. Um, turn your focus from God like that sin is just crouching mm-hmm. and, and and the, the like competition the, yeah it, it, waiting, it is the image. waiting to pounce that and that attack. flavor that we have so this is what sin has an impact upon us those around us and mm-hmm. all of society so the impact is huge mm-hmm. and I don't think you can downplay it at all but now you see you Joni brought in the um where does sin come from? So where does sin come from? Because you mentioned, you know, it doesn't come from the devil. Where does it come from? Are you sure? Not, are you sure about that? What's the source of sin? Why are you smirking at me, Daryl? I'm not. I'm <laughs> glad he's not asking me. I guess. <laughs> Daryl, I'm going to divert to Daryl. Daryl? No, no. I. Yo, she's, she's, she's the no, one that no, no, said no. something. She, she, she. I don't know that I have. She an threw a lifeline out. That's why I was smirking because of like. See what Johnny's gonna say. Well, where does it come from? See, there, there's like several different ideas. So why why we'll use the competition, right? So I'm I hate this about me, and I have to crucify it. But I will invariably find myself competing mm-hmm. uh, with anyone else who's doing what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. So as a writer, I will compete. Well, my stuff's better than his. Uh, as a as a preacher, I'll think. <laughs> I heard that sermon on TV. I can't believe it. Put that on test. Terrible. You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> um, as a church, I was, you know, our church is the best church in the whole world. Because you know? it is. But that's well, true. Okay. But so why would you even, so what bothers me about that is why would you even couch it that way? Mm-hmm. 
that we are better than some. Why can't we? Our church is wonderful and sweet and kind and gracious. Why does it have to be couched in the mm-hmm. term? And I do that, and I hate mm-hmm. that about because me. that's insecurities in your in you. I, but where does it come from? I See, think yeah. where does that is that? Am I born with it? I think we are born with a. You can ah, Calvinist alert. Calvinist <laughs> alert. I think they div- oh, go ahead. No, I'm just saying. Okay, at some point. <laughs> Well, there's this little-known um, theory, uh, spiritual teaching called the Enneagram, <laughs> and um, <laughs> it wears a cloak. <laughs> Twenty-nine minutes in, <laughs> that almost made my drink come out of my nose. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, <coughs> I think that inside of us, this, this this sense of shame, whether we're born with it, whether we, it's nature, nurture. I don't know that answer. I'll leave that to the theologians to to debate. But at some point, I think we get this internal, this internal voice, this internal realization, I'm not enough. I'm a little off. I'm broken. I'm flawed. And what the Enneagram would teach is there are nine ways we try to compensate for that, that our ego tries to compete, if you will. Um, and I don't remember exactly where I was going with <laughs> that, but, but it's just that internal belief. And so one of the things that we, I think, do is to try and, well, how can I make myself feel? I'm going to do better. I'm going to try harder. I'm going to make myself look better, sound better, feel better, something. But that it's, it's it, I would call it shame more than anything. And Brene Brown, throw her name out there, defines Guilt as we have hit all three. <laughs> of I haven't fish said bags. Harry Potter yet. We need all to make a checklist up here on the whiteboard. <laughs> Can we add the cure? <laughs> it may be my new go-to. No, um, would say that guilt is I did something wrong, and shame is I am something wrong. Go ahead. I don't want to interrupt you. I'm, I'm just rambling now. I need someone to rescue me. I think it happens uh, through life experiences. I think what we go through and how we're raised and, and the things that we have to endure, I think, shape us into who we are. I don't think any of us are born insecure. I don't think any of us are born feeling shamed or guilted. I think that those are things that happen as we, as we grow. Let's talk about moral compass. I'm not finished with where it comes from yet because we got to go deep into this. Okay, we'll keep on going. Then we can come back to your moral compass. Well, I was just wondering, you know, are we, like, is that all connected? So I think it is because moral compass would, is a way of saying that we all have a a sense inside of us of right and wrong. And so Mm -hmm. we should follow our moral compass, which is. Uh, to go the right way, which a uh, pessimistic side is uh, my compass is always pointed south, <laughs> you know. Uh, the classical theological framework of this goes back to the phrase, you've heard it before, original sin. Mm-hmm. It, is, is our sinfulness inherent within us? Do you... Do you that, that Misty is saying something different. What Misty is saying is it's not inherent. So when you're a newborn baby taking your first breath, there's not a sin presence, but it's shaped mm-hmm. through your life, through your experiences, through what happens. But I heard Daryl say that the Enneagram teaches we all have that inside of us from the beginning. We're born um, with it. In fact, I think if you play back the tape, you use the phrase, we're born with it. 
I said, said that. I also said I think, but, but Why I really, said tape. There's no tape here. It's <laughs> Rewind. Really, I went to 1994. <laughs> <laughs> really, to, to, to clarify, the, the, the research I've done with the Enneagram would, would line more with what Misty's saying. So I don't... Don't let me put words in somebody's mouth. Is well, that because as an infant, y- there is an innocence to us, especially um, consciously. Are you sure? Um, no, I'm not sure, <laughs> but that's just kind of I'm uh, thinking out loud here. We watched the um, TV stuff, uh, the uh, Loki series, the Marvel mm-hmm. Loki series. If you watch any of that, mm-hmm. they, it's, it's very popular. It's Marvel. You should check it out. Um, the whole thing was theological, mm-hmm. and a big part of it is asking the question are people just born with this certain predisposition is loki bad because he's born that way does he have any choices to in his behavior or her behavior schemes because there's a male and a female version um uh, is it all pre-programmed and i'm surprised as i live live how many secular people not christians not faith people really believe it's all pre-programmed we come at it from a spiritual side. They come at it from a biological side. Mm-hmm. It, the flip side of this is your DNA. Mm-hmm. If you are a, um, a, a pedophile alcoholic, well, that you maybe you're just born that way. You have that gene for that kind of thing. Um, that's a whole other side of it. It's the same concept. But the Augustinian view in Christianity is that at the fall, right, all human beings were condemned and that this is somehow in its purest form transmitted to every succeeding human generation physically not not uh, spiritually but seminally in adam were all present and there's an interesting byproduct of this that's why jesus was born of a virgin because he does not have that <laughs> sin presence in him um so the question is does it come from is your sin fullness your choice or are you helpless are you born this way? And because Adam and Eve made the choice, therefore you are both guilty and culpable. Uh, and th- those are powerful tools. Misty is saying she's not on board that train. Uh, Daryl wants Daryl <laughs> wants both sides of it. I'm gonna ride the uh, fence. And so, <laughs> and so much of it depends on what you think happened to the human nature. That's your moral compass. Mm-hmm. So at the fall, when humanity sinned. Was was human nature dented and dinged? Like it's kind of beat up a little bit. Like like mm-hmm. like my oldest daughter's car, right? <laughs> She's backed into my mailbox like fourteen times, <laughs> but the car still goes, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Is 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 that or has the the car been completely destroyed and totaled mm-hmm. in a five car pileup on the freeway? Mm-hmm. Which version of this is human nature? Most Baptists lean toward the it's totally destroyed. It's just completely wrecked. It's got nothing. The the softer you get on it, well, it's just just bent a little bit, and it can be fixed with some do-goodisms. I think probably a bit middle way is somewhere in between. It's got lots of holes mm-hmm. in it. Mm-hmm. But my perspective is the same thing that makes all of us sin also has in us ability to do good. Mm-hmm. Even the worst person in the world loves their mother, yes. usually, right? Maybe. But it's the one you it's the one you nurture and you water and you put put effort into that's what grows i i think that's true my my sense is that i don't really hold to original sin um in that regard my sense is a little nuanced in that 
I think me as a person, not quite where, where Misty's at, where she would say that our experiences, our upbringing shape us, but I think me as a person, because I am human, just like Adam was human, I will make the same flawed mistakes he made. Mm-hmm. Right. So he's a mirror of me. He didn't make the choices for me. We make the same choices mm-hmm. because I am a human being. Mm-hmm. Well, and if you play that out, um, you've got two ways you could look at the whole garden incident. And you know, I've heard it taught and preached both ways. And one of them is God was telling them to obey. They disobeyed. Therefore, they were punished. Another one says God was inviting them to trust but when they sinned, they felt shame, so they hid. If you really read the story, you don't see, you see God coming after them, giving them a chance to, hey, where are you? You don't see an angry God chasing them. Um, you see a God who's still looking for their relationship that they've been having, and they hid. And so you, you see the effects of sin on us as opposed to it didn't, God didn't, didn't become this angry God. You screwed it all up here in the first week or whatever. Um, It's not even sunset yet. (laughs) And so even right there, you can see how so much can be read into who God is based on sometimes maybe our own sense of justice. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if that. Well, God has, God has a plan for each one of our lives. You know, ultimately, um, we're not all born and when I talked about being born and we have different circumstances and things growing up you know you can take two kiddos that their parents split up one's raised by the mom one's raised by the dad they're given different opportunities and and different you know um, resources and one may grow up to be a successful lawyer while your other one's on the streets you know in the pit under the bridge doing drugs you know and but it's choice you also did just say that in a way that makes it sound like the lawyer did better than the other guy. They were both, in essence, coping. Mm-hmm. One coped different. Right. Is that to say that the lawyer really has dealt with the childhood any better than the other? Maybe the other one's just what, you know, he could be numbing with success just as much as the other guy's numbing with drugs. Right. Yeah, yeah. Interesting, interesting, yeah. Uh, and even further... You have homes where mom and dad don't divorce and mm-hmm. kids still turn out. Are they the exact same nurturing sure. home yes. environment? Um, it's, it's fascinating. It's very fascinating. So Reinhold Niebuhr says that um, the doctrine of original sin is the only empirically verifiable doctrine of the Christian faith. Can you prove mm-hmm. original sin? And his proof is like the newspaper, the mm-hmm. news, all the horrible mm-hmm. things in the world. Mm-hmm. In fact, I don't know if I think it's original sin, but the idea of sin and wrongdoing is it's verifiable. Yeah. You don't have to work very hard to find it. Right. That's why in preaching, I have never dwelt on proving to people they're sinners. Mm-hmm. I've heard you about sermons. I've heard sermons about all kinds of sin in great detail. Sometimes detail, you, you wish there wasn't quite all that detail to mm-hmm. it. Um, he did what with whom, where? You know, mm-hmm. I don't, that's not what I want. Because you don't have to convince people. Mm-hmm. People know no. that they they are fully aware. Yeah, absolutely. Of, go ahead. Who was that? Oh, it was me. Yes. I was going to say we're watching some kind of a psychopath. Um, I can't think of the name of seri- serial killer. Their minds and how their minds work. And they're asking them, "You you understand that what you did is wrong? Yes. And are you going to do this again? Yes. 
you know, so they know it's wrong, but they don't care, you know, and so I think that's kind of relating kind of. I think that you're right. The ability to um, disconnect a moral concept from what I do. do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This disconnect. Now, some people are actually. Right. Their brain yes. is not brain right. Yeah. Is really uh, they're addled. Mm-hmm. Um, their thinking is muddled. Yes. <laughs> they have very muddled thinking. Um, I didn't do it very well. They don't. They don't. They don't run through it properly. Uh, whatever. Sometimes it's physical trauma to the head can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, biochemical again. Sometimes it's just the way things happen uh, in, in in your psychological development. But I think there's we do we all do that a little bit. Yeah. So so I put. Um, I go to Amazon and I buy shoes. I'm wearing a pair of shoes today. I just bought last week. I have a shoe issue. Um, I ordered two dresses last night. Oh, <laughs> it's time. not just I returned me. two products this week, so I don't know. Does that make me win? Do I go in the Amazon competition? I don't think that's how that works. I wasn't setting up a competition. I was setting oh, up um, the way in which psychopath tendencies <laughs> affect all of us. But it so, did, it, and I guess that's what I was trying to say. It, that does kind of correlate with the world and people having a what do you call it compass moral, <laughs> moral, moral compass, compass that they know it's wrong they just don't care well because there's not that accountability there and so i disconnect myself i'm shopping for shoes mm-hmm. i just buy the ones i want and i don't think about things like is it made by 12 year olds mm-hmm. in a sweatshop mm-hmm. in some other country yeah uh, who aren't getting paid, who have very violent lives. Um, was it marketed by a company that I don't share their values with, mm-hmm. right? That yeah. might be completely contrary to where I'm at. Um, are the things it's made from sustainable mm-hmm. in, the, in, in the world in which I live in? Mm-hmm. But I don't think about it. All that is evidence or of sin. Or this is my electricity money. I've got to pay my electricity bill, but yet those shoes are super cool. So yeah. I'm going to buy the shoes and exactly. forego the... So, it's, you know. so <laughs> sin is behind... And the, yeah. that's the same thing a psychopath does, right? Yeah. That I, I'm able to... Um, is it psychopath or sociopath? I think it's sociopath. I think it's sociopath. Yeah. Um, and for those of you out there, Joe, who are really on the know with this stuff, don't come at me. Uh, I recognize my, my failings, but but the, we all have that in us that we can know mm-hmm. over here what the right and the wrong is, but our behavior mm-hmm. doesn't change. Well, we're good at justifying things, too, you know, in our own minds. Well, my, uh, let's go for the big sins, right? So we so far we've been around the jugular, but mm-hmm. uh, the adulterer knows exactly what he is doing. Yeah. Right? Well, in Hebrews... Um, oh, you're ready. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready. She's like, I thought we Finger were going to do it. And Wait. Joe, actually, if you do come at him, will you please do it on a public forum? Because we really like to see that. So. <laughs> but it's, but it's the word adultery. Well, Hebrews says she's... Been, she, well, how many minutes? 70, 47 minutes into this? 44. Well, Four, yeah. 44 minutes into this. I'm like, finally, <laughs> the big A. Hester Prynne. <laughs> I also never mind. Okay, so my headphones aren't even working. Oh. <laughs> I'm broken. Okay, no, kinda. Did you break my headphones? Maybe. Um, I did think though about 
Harry Potter earlier because they, of course you did with adultery. N- no, but when we were talking about like, creepy. are you born that way? And I was thinking about like their houses that they you're were a wizard, like, Harry. Like you go to this house because you're a whatever. You go to this house because you're a whatever. Well, I was thinking Harry Potter differently because one of my favorite fan theories of Harry Potter is that he's actually mentally unstable. And that the whole world that you see play out in the books and in the I'm movies. I'm going to turn your microphone off. Is is what he <laughs> is what he has uh, the 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 fake world he has built to cope with the the death of his parents, the abuse he's getting it from his aunt and uncle, and the bullying by his cousin. So he creates this world in which he's the hero and he defeats the bad guy. He's really special. Well, to to run with that, I don't completely hate it. One of the things that I think was ironic is that so many, um, I don't want to use the word Christians, but so many of the the religious right who pushed back on this when it first came out, especially after they were all out, was didn't realize that there is a lot of that, and there are people that criticize. I mean, he gets away. The teachers let him get away with a lot, but ultimately he has to sacrifice himself. And there is a surrender in that. There is a, um, a trust, so to speak. And I think when we bring all this back to anything I do, if God's inviting me to trust him and I can't quite trust him, am I trying to grab for things to satisfy my own needs? Am I trying to make myself feel better? And when I'm doing that, I tend to be able to justify it, whether it's, uh, um, murder or adultery or um buying shoes when you don't need them or or whatever the i need them (laughs) (laughs) i need them he has crazy eyes right now too (laughs) he needs all the shoes but i don't know if you got to finish your Hebrew stuff. She's too. not even read a single verse. I didn't verse. think she had. <laughs> We've Sorry, we got a Harry Potter guy sidetracked. Harry Potter. Um, so Harry... No. <laughs> Harry Bruce. If, 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 Harry Hebrews. If, if, if Harry Potter is in that Bible, you're getting a new Bible before the end of the day. Um, so Hebrews 10, 26 um, says for if we go on sinning deliberately after receiving the knowledge of the truth there no longer remains a sacrifice for sin so you can't repent you're done so but it's your salvation (laughs) no off to hell with you (laughs) doom doom doom. that's not what it says but it says if you it's kind of like that if you know better do better like if you if you know it's like if you know that your shoes are made by you know Starving How children starving in another children country that, you that are making them out of so um, so maybe you should do some recycled masks. <laughs> recycled masks. <laughs> That's the best you could come up with. with <laughs> unsustainable, I'm brain fried not, right now. Not not plastic or anything like that, but recycled masks. <laughs> Try to get creative. <laughs> <laughs> so um, read that. What? How do you read that then? So just do better. Well, Hebrews ten twenty six. Hebrews 10:26 For if we go on sinning deliberately after receiving the knowledge of the truth there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins. So of course you know that in the that's a reference in some veiled way to the James. old covenant uh the, so the James if, if you know better do better. And well, yeah. if you don't then like, it's it is sin. James is all ethical. Mm-hmm. James is really in line with the, yeah. with the prophets. This seems to me uh, a reference to the, the the Torah 
when you look at all of the sacrifices mm. for sin in the Old Testament that you bring before the priest at the tabernacle, then later the temple, there's no allotment for Nothing. an intentional sin. It yeah. all has to be unintentional. You're done. Uh, which troubles me greatly because I have never once sinned that I didn't really know that I was sinning. Mm-hmm. I yeah. mean, when you lie, if you tell a lie, you know you, know. you are lying. Yeah. That's well, an intentional sin. To say that, I didn't know that was a sin, is almost like you're calling God a liar. That, that can't be a sin, that can it? That can't be a sin. I didn't really know it, so, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. That can't That mm-hmm. can't be wrong. Mm-hmm. So, um, Hebrews, unintentional sinning, if you go on sinning. So then why does Jamie in church so often ask, this Sunday we're having communion. Mm-hmm. I will lead people in a time of prayer of confession. Let us confess our sins. Why would we do that if it's impossible to be restored? If you, I don't think it's impossible to be restored. I think he forgives us for our sins forever. I just think that you're discounting the, the work that Jesus did on the cross. So for the Christ follower to continue in sin, whether it's um, what got you hot on this was adultery um, or buying shoes or Daryl's um, desire for all things um, Enneagram. <laughs> the <laughs> Poor pentagram. The pentagram over here. Um, so these things are a separator from God. Right. And I think that's where we've been dancing around the whole time we've been talking is sin's not defined by that. <laughs> action that you do it is defined by the consequences of it which separates us from god and that has so many ramifications in our personal life and so if you continue to sin it's not that the sin shuts you down it's that you are cold hearted Mm -hmm. toward the lord and you are uncaring at what that sin costs jesus Mm -hmm. and so the relationship there is frayed from the beginning Mm -hmm. that's how i understand that passage and Mm -hmm. that's why confession is still good and still necessary because it reminds me it warms my heart up to the to that to that consequence to what it costs jesus Mm -hmm. to how i should respond to it even though i have you know i still have the same sin we all have those things that we wrestle with um mine is the you know the superior knowledge that i'm better than everybody else we all have our crosses. <laughs> um, and, and so you wrestle with those sorts of things over and over again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what warms. So that's the opposite. What he's talking about there is this idea of the person who sins were who, the youth group, right? Well, if grace is good, let's just keep let's on. Just that's do it that's some more. hard. Mm-hmm. That's you've turned your heart off to the Lord. And that's mm-hmm. a whole other thing. And there, as long as your heart is hard, there is no forgiveness. Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's not until you. Seek the relationship. That's a total heart. Repentance is a total heart transformation. And being willing to confess it, um, admit it, and then do a t- total, not just a life change, but a mind change and a heart change, you know, depending on Christ and what what he has done for us and continuing to uh, keep that at the forefront of your mind at all times. You know, take up your cross daily. Absolutely. You have to remember that every single day. Absolutely. I was reading a book that I passed on to Daryl, but it um, it talks about, I was tracking really well with it, 
um, with talking about, like, he said he um, made a list of all the sins he could find in the New Testament, and he was going to follow those. And then he realized, like, that's not what God called us to do. That's not, like, it's so much more than religion. It's relationship. And, um, and I was tracking really well with it. And then he talked about sin, and he's like, like God already forgave your your past sins, your sins now, your future sins on the cross, but he didn't really mention repentance. He didn't really re- mention that confessing your sins to Christ, not because it's changing your changing your position, your your grace, but because it's changing your heart. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I yeah, you're 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 working through the New Testament's definition. Of course, we can go into I brought the big, thick theology book in. We're not going to get to that, though. Um, but uh, Hans Kung talks about this in his uh, on being uh, a Christian. The the sweet spot is where Jesus was at. So both both sides of this, he he was he was not with the the Pharisees who had their list. Right. Um, he wasn't with them with their harsh, critical, judgmental. Um, very self-centered view and unloving view uh, of other people. They used their religion to define others, and they used the phrase, those sinners, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. He eats with those sinners. Jesus was very critical of those people, about how they were not there. But at the same time, he was also critical of those who lived in sin, right? Mm-hmm. He, he would call them out on it. You have done wrong. Go sin no more. Stop what you're, leave your nets, follow me. This idea of leaving your old way. In. So that sweet spot where you're able to eat with those and not judge, but also be um, uh, aware of the sin that is around you, that's where we should live. And that's a hard place for us to live because mm-hmm. we like one or the other. Mm-hmm. We're either so in into the sinful behavior that we can't see past it, or we're so judgmental of it, we create a whole other kind of sinful behavior well, in mm-hmm. ourselves. It it requires a giving up of control yes. because both of those options are about doing what I think I want. Mm-hmm. One is l- religious, and the other is partying or whatever you want to call it. It's selfish, I guess. But they're, I mean, really, they're both one and the same because where Jesus was was like you said, follow me. He trusted his father unto death on the cross. He had to walk through that in an act of, of trust, of letting go of, I'm not going to control the outcome of this. I'm not going to control my life. <clears throat> I'm going to trust that this is what he's called me to. This mm-hmm. is what he's invited me to. And I think that that is a picture of where he calls us each is to, can I walk one day at a time? trusting where he's leading me mm-hmm. and not that I'm being super good because I'm following the rules or I'm just throwing it all out and doing what I want to do. Both I think are ego driven. Mm-hmm. Uh, but am I walking in faith, walking in trust? Well, and all our purpose, our purpose <coughs> here is to, like Joni said, love the Lord, love people, serve him, sh- spread the gospel. Um, our journeys are all different though. So, like what you were saying earlier, Jamie, what your convictions and you consider sin for you, I mean, yeah, I can totally see where you're coming from when I think about it in that perspective. It's because all of our journeys 
are different. We're not all on the same spiritual spiritual journey. So it, one person may be called to go sit in the bars and minister to these drunks, where another person may have strong convictions about that. I'm not going to go to, you know. I can't set foot in there. Yeah. yeah. The problem in the Christian community is when the person who says, I can't go in there, is critical and harsh of the one who yes. does. Yes, uh, absolutely. One of my favorite ideas of Jesus is that he was too... Uh, religious for the sinners mm-hmm. <laughs> and too much with the sinners for the religious. He was rejected right. by both. Yes. And I think that's where, you know, yes. if you're comfortable, if you're too comfortable in either group. So I, uh, l- let's think for just a moment. We, we've been around things, but even though we agree that sinfulness and our personal sin can be relative based upon our life experiences, I do want to be on record with this podcast that some things are just always sin. Mm-hmm. Right, you said adultery. Yeah, Adult- there are those things. The that big you ten, know. the big yeah. ten, kind of comes to mind. Yeah, yeah. and I was, earlier I was flippant with murder uh, and killing. Not that I'm trying to defend the practice, but the defining of it is where the mm-hmm. hard thing gets into. Mm-hmm. Is when have you committed murder? But I do believe that it is wrong. In fact, I, I take that one step further. I think violence, mm. any kind of violence, taken in from a selfish way. Taking armies and nationalism aside, although I think sometimes um, governments certainly do behave in sinful ways, uh, but the individual soldiers are not actually held culpable for that. Um, but I do think violence is a real serious issue. I mean, to me, that that may be the that and greed mm-hmm. are the two greatest sins in the world as I see it today: violence and yeah. greed. It all, almost always boils down to that. I, I, I get lots of people who get upset about sexuality and sexuality issues. I think those are problems. I'm not letting anyone get a pass. That doesn't seem to be nearly as uh, problematic culturally I, as I it does that's others. That's one of the things that I was saying early on that, that is a problem in a lot of modern-day churches is you'll hear sin preached against probably more so about sexual things than you would about greed or these other things. It, it doesn't seem to get the same airtime, mm-hmm. um, well, even from the pulpit. I can tell you as one who preaches like almost every week that when you don't hit the sexual sin and you talk about greed or you talk about gossip or whatever sin you want to grab, uh, they will call you soft on sin. Mm-hmm. Hard on sin is only do you, he's he didn't take he took sin seriously. That means that he talked about yeah. sexual sin, and mm-hmm. it's usually something that doesn't seem to affect our congregation. Again, it's often things that are that we know of, and so and I'm not talking about this church. I'm talking about the, the, the no, because our church is the people, best. The grouping right. of people that I'm <laughs> the fictional group I'm talking mm-hmm. about here, but it, it it's it makes it where it's easy to be. That's those people. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's what right. Jesus refused to do was to align right. himself with those mm-hmm. who would classify everybody else as the sinners. Right. Yeah. Well, it reminds me of, of the woman at the well, you know, mm-hmm. and Jesus goes up to her. And the enemy tried to <coughs> use her past, you know, guilt. He, he guilts. And he, that guilt causes us to want to hide and keep things in secret. But when Jesus comes to her, and he doesn't use her, her past against her. He uses it for her. And, you know, he exchanges his dignity almost for her dignity. And just the way he does it, she was able to let go of all those things and leave it there and, you know, run off. And before she was trying to hide everything, and now she's yelling, this man, you know, he knows everything about me, you know. And so anyway, 
when you talk about that, that's kind of what brings that to mind. It's scary, though, to be fully known, but then to be fully loved. Like, we we have a hard time wrapping our minds around that, what that means. But that's that freedom. That's the, the total freedom in Christ is exactly that. Mm-hmm. The truth is, you know, but knowing that you're forgiven and it's just that freedom in Christ. Well, let's, let's drill down on that woman at the well. She's one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of Christian history has understood her as a sinner, mm-hmm. right? You are incur- the man you are currently yeah. with is not your husband. Mm-hmm. You have had five, mm-hmm. and it's usually this is a defect in her. Mm-hmm. There's something wrong with her. She's sexually uh, lax, and Jesus calls her out on it. Uh, now, I'm not going to say there's not some of that possibly there. I think part one of the reasons why we, we go that way with the text is because most preachers have sexual. Um, What's the word I'm looking for? Um, hobbies. <laughs> um, it's a it's a pastime to throw the dart at sexuality. Mm-hmm. But when I read the text now, uh, at this stage in my life, I think Jesus is exposing her as a victim of somebody else's sin, mm-hmm. and He is offering her a way forward, living water, mm-hmm. to quench that, to heal that, to bring her to a new place. Mm-hmm. That's where I see this situation. She's been the victim of a system mm-hmm. that oppresses women and that abuses them in this way. And if she, if her if her first husband died, she probably had no other way right. of sustaining livelihood yeah. than She's this. She's just trying to do, but yeah. society had right. condemned her for that. And Jesus exposes in that one conversation, maybe yeah. her own culpability, mm-hmm. but also <laughs> a system, a worldview an oppression Mm -hmm. of societal sin, Mm -hmm. and he stands in stark contrast to this uh, as the one who can give water that dwells up Mm -hmm. on the inside. And And it's an amazing thought process. It is, and she just leaves her pot and takes off. She Mm -hmm. leaves it all there Mm -hmm. and just runs. I love it. I I met a man who told me everything everything I ever done and didn't reject me. Yes, still love me. And, loves and me. didn't ask me to do something, mm-hmm. which is what every other man had ever asked yes. her of. Grace. Love and it. that's the power of grace because then she didn't just turn around and say, oh, now I want to go sin some more. Right. She right. tasted the truth mm-hmm. of what grace yeah. feels like and it changes you. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and for me, that's the, the biggest thing about sin is not what is it, where it comes from. It is what Jesus has done, done. to remove from me. Yes the effects of that sin. And that's what I was going to say. Here in this world and the next. That's a, a prime example of what we, when we do sin and when we do allow the Lord to come in and restore us and redeem us, that's our testimony. And that's part of the light that we share with other people. And so, you know, you have to learn to use that, you know, in your testimony and for, for the Lord, everything for the Lord's glory as she did here. That's absolutely right. We're going to go ahead and wrap this up. So thank you for joining us for Under the Water Tower. Joni taking the lead there. Look at that. Well, you know. She knows we're at an hour and four minutes. I know. Kelly just stopped listening like 15 minutes ago. (laughs) Greg, wake up, Greg. We're almost done. (laughs) Greg's on his fourth commute. (laughs) Thank you for joining us for Under the Water Tower. Please like and share. Did I say it all? You said it all. I think you're good. Awesome. So, um, and, and comment, especially Joe. Joe, yeah. please comment. Lots of comments on and Jamie's Facebook page right there out in the and, open. And maybe share it on your page, right? Because we're the best. We are. Uh, I think we can't say that anymore. Okay, we're we'll good. S- Everyone else is good. It's all fine. All good. <laughs> See ya. Bye, guys. Bye. Thanks. Thanks.